So hello, my name is Kaya. I go to Southwest, and today I will be talking about intersectionality, intersectionality, race, and police brutality. And the purpose of this podcast is to enlighten people about the struggles of others and how they go through certain things with being different, like going to school and just everyday life. I'm going to... I feel these topics are important for people to recognize and be aware of, and I feel just people would need to know these topics because it's very unrecognized. Um, after this podcast, I hope people will realize that this is effect, a problem that is affecting millions of people, and these problems can lead to people feeling unwanted and as, they, as if they don't matter. And we want everyone to know that they matter and their opinions matter as well. So first, I will be talking about intersectionality. And I would like to explain what it is first. And I would say in short terms, it's putting people into certain groups based on things like race, gender, class, sexual orientation, religion, disability, weight, or just physical appearance. For example, a person who comes from a lower income family would get talked about by others who come from a higher background, like, oh, they don't have this, and they just, they look, they just are different from everybody else because they don't have as much money. Um, Some evidence to support that is in 2021, the Intercultural Development Research Association reported that school personnel are more likely to perceive black children as being older, more aggressive, and collable than their white peers, even when they exhibit the same development behaviors. From this evidence, it shows that they see black children as acting older and being aggressive and deserve the blame for everything. Even though they might have done nothing wrong, they just look at them and then just think that they're doing something wrong. Um, It also seems like when they look at a black child, they automatically think they're guilty of something or think they might have some sort of temper problem. I'm thinking if a white child and a black child walk into the cafeteria or just a room, I feel as if most would sit with the white kid because when blacks were granted into the same school at first they were isolated and wouldn't be allowed to play or sit next to the whites in school black kids would think that they only had to play with other blacks because the whites wouldn't let them or would be like no why are you playing with me no and then growing up that could make it very difficult for black children because they would think that they're not wanted by the white children or not allowed to play with them and this isn't just black or This could be anybody of, any people of color. Um, In my opinion, I believe that everyone should be treated fairly and one certain race should not have all power, authority, and be superior. People should not be judged, period, by someone being completely mean and hard to talk to and would get talked about, they would deserve it. So, um, I just think that everyone should be treated fairly, honestly. Like, we're all the same person. Um, And then this would lead me into basically talking about 
I'm not gonna get into race just yet, but well, yeah, I'm gonna get into race. My bad. Um, now we'll be talking about race and how it can affect younger children in schools and how it can change the way we they view themselves. When children are younger in elementary school, they don't care about race. Well, in this in this day and age, people don't care about race or what color your skin is. They just everyone just plays with each other now in elementary school and uh, it seems like as you get older going into middle or high school people start to see the first thing like they notice about you is your skin tone and race you can be like you look at someone and you could be like yeah they're this race or this race um after that they seem to make stereotypes about you and how you could act different based off your race without actually knowing you like you could see a black child and be like, yeah, they're a black child. That means that they are aggressive and just could be mean. Um, for another example, they might see a black boy who has, let's say, dreads or locks, not so good clothing. Uh, they'll think things like, oh, he lives in the projects. He can't afford good clothing, can't take care of his hair. But they just don't know him like that. They got to get to know him. And he could just, like, really just, he could just like his hair like that. And there's nothing wrong with having a hair like that. Um, he could just be dressed like that for that day. He could live in a big house with high ceilings. Just people think that kind of thing when they see people of his color. Like, that's just how it is. Um, more evidence could be as early, as early as 1996, scholars like Irene Hyman and Donna Perone identified behaviors enacted by school personnel that place children of color in K through 12 public schools at greater ri greater risk of race-based stress and trauma. Hyman and Prone provided evidence of teachers, school personnel, and resource officers being physically violent with children of colors. That last part of being, vi of being physically violent of children of colors, that is crazy. I've never heard of anything like that. My opinion on this is it makes a lot of sense that children in color have a higher risk of having race-based trauma. If they're young and tr getting treated badly because of the color of their skin, they will get older and think of themselves as bad as people see them. Like they're gonna grow up thinking that they're supposed to be bad and they're supposed to be how people see them. Um, I also think, I don't understand why the officers are physically beating children. I mean, like, why? Officers are supposed to be there to keep all of the children safe, not just specific race or who they are. Just, like, they should be keeping all the children safe. But being physically violent is different from being mentally violent. Mentally violent or, like, verbally would be, like, calling them racial slurs, telling them to go back where they came from, or saying anything to, like, visit, verbally hurt them. Sorry. When they were talking about physically being violent, I can... I personally imagine someone who's supposed to be protecting all the students, but instead of doing that, they're beating on and hitting on specific students of color and not being stopped. I don't understand why I think they have the power or authority to touch students in that manner. Um, if I had to go to school every day and feared that I could get beat for not doing anything, but for having darker skin, I, that would be traumatizing to me as well. And this goes perfectly together. I will be my last topic will be police brutality. I feel like this will be perfect to go together because I would think of school officers as police, like they're 
police are supposed to protect people, and then the officers at school are also supposed to protect people. So I think they go hand in hand. Um, when I think of police brutality, I mainly think of white officers physically abusing people of color, but most of all, killing them without a purpose. I think of an innocent bystander who is being abused for existing. You know, we're all people and we exist without a say. Sorry. I mean, we have, we all have mothers and that's how we got here. We didn't ask to be here, but we're here. We also didn't get a chance to pick what race we wanted to be. Like, we couldn't just tell God, I want to be this race and I want to be this. No. Um... I feel like they think that we decided to be of color and they see us as, oh, they're not my skin tone, so I don't think they deserve to be alive. I don't I don't agree with any of their existence. I don't agree with them being here on this planet. Um, some evidence would be some individuals, particularly white conservatives, arguing that the Black Lives Matter movement encouraged, sorry, encouraged decisive attitudes about race countered by using the hashtag all lives matter and criticizing the black lives matter movement for ignoring the lives of the people of other races in this evidence i don't understand why they decided to make an all lives matter i mean they said because they feel like they're ignoring everybody else um i feel like when they say all lives matter they mean all lives except for african americans or people of color um, why do they feel the need to make a hashtag for the so-called all lives when they exclude others all the time? Um, it's not just African-Americans who are being treated badly by police, but just people in general who are not primarily white. Um, next evidence is in the late 2014, as media attention over the Black Lives Matter movement began motivating a more critical view of police, a group of police officers stated in counter argument called Blue Lives Matter to call attention to this to need of support police and protest violence against police officers. This honestly made me uncomfortable because why are they starting a movement that should not be made? I mean, I'm not sure what violence police are receiving. Like I've never maybe it's just me, but I've never heard of police violence. Um, I don't think they deserve this because they've killed so many people of color and now they're getting violence. I don't really understand that. Um, the Black Lives Matter movement started mainly because of police killing and murdering um, innocent black people and people of color. And the police are the ones who are not innocent, like, at all. They don't, they rarely ever get punishment for what they did. And that is just absolutely crazy. People are taking the lives of people who are not a threat, but just living and breathing, and that is upsetting them for whatever reason. Like, I could just be sitting here breathing and then something happens. Like, I'm not hurting anyone, but they see me as a threat. Just because of the color of someone's skin or my skin or whoever it is. Um. I'm not a police officer, but I wouldn't ever look at someone and think, wow, they're the opposite race of me. I, I, I don't like them. I want to kill them. Like, I don't, that personally does not sound right to me. Or hopefully anyone. I don't think, I hope no one looks at someone as like, oh, they don't look like me, so I don't, I don't like them. Um, 
Last piece of evidence I will give is in the weeks and months following the deaths of Brianna Taylor, oh, I'm saying that right, a black medical worker who was killed in March 2020 by police during a no-knock raid of her apartment and of George Floyd, an unarmed black man killed in May 2020 after a white police officer, Derek, I can't say his last name, knelt on his neck for several minutes. Now, this is an example of in two, but probably there's more out there, but two African-Americans who have been killed for doing absolutely nothing. I think Breonna Taylor was just, I think she was sleeping. She was just laying in her bed, and they just decided to kill her in a no-knock raid of her apartment at that. And George Floyd, I can't remember his story at the moment, but they just beating on him for whatever reason and then took his life for whatever reason. That is absolutely wrong. Like, he's just a man minding his business. It's not like he killed someone or something. I don't think he did, but they were treating him as if he did, but I'm pretty sure he didn't. And Rihanna Taylor, she was just she was just sleeping, perfectly fine, healthy. And that is all I have for those three topics. So I hope at the end of this you kind of see the problems we have and how they need to be fixed and now this is not right because there are plenty of people of color who are being killed for absolutely no reason. Um, I'm thinking that there's been more people who've been killed for no reason for people who like probably, not, I wouldn't say need to be, but deserved it. But that is the end of my podcast and I hope you enjoyed it. I tried my best. And yeah.